0: I had him going in eighth. I was getting ready to take him in the eighth, as you can see. But the man stopped it just to keep from making me look so great. I am the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm pretty. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. I shook up the world. Uh, I shook up the the world.
1: Shout my name out, cause you bad. Mommy, we can job. Tune into the R&B show. Be sure to tune in. Tune, in. tune into the R&B show. Be sure to tune in. All season long.
0: Yes, yes. Like my man Mike Rod would say, that never gets old. Shout out to Sha Infinite. Welcome to the show. I am Nate Burleson. Mike is out in Seattle doing what he does, but we have to keep the R and R&B. So we got the realest NFL insider in the game, my man, Rand Gettlin. What's up, baby?
2: What's happening with you, man? You good? Life is good. Hey, I appreciate you joining me. Man. Appreciate you having me. You know, this is always my favorite show to join at the network. We have a lot of, the most fun. Get the to talk fun. about the realest topics. Oh, we're
0: we going to talk today. Today's uh, a good show. I like it. All right, so this is the RB podcast. This is like your favorite podcast that floats like a butterfly, steams like a bee. <laughs> Shout out to the greatest of all time, Rest in Paradise, Muhammad Ali. Straight up. Let's get this popping, man. Coming up on today's show, we pay our respects to Muhammad Ali. Instead of the usual beats that my man T.D. draws up, we're going to drop some of the quotes from the best poet slash athlete slash what else would you describe? Revolutionary, dog. Revolutionary man that transcended boxing. Yeah. So he is uh, he he's he's a guy that we're gonna pay homage to throughout the show with sound bites throughout his career, um, the latest news. We're gonna talk Aqib Talib and uh, mini camps. We're gonna obviously stick with our new segment, depth chart debates, and we'll discuss wide receivers. We have our Ornaw segment that TD came with that I love, so we're going to talk about that. We got some good stuff today. We're going to talk, gonna talk uh, Steph Curry, but you know it's it got a twist on it. So please stay tuned the, end of the Show I promise I like you, like that cliffhanger. It's gonna be entertaining. Um, speaking of TD, TD, tell the people what's up, man.
1: What's going on, people? What's going on, Rand? Appreciate you joining us. What's Appreciate up, you Nate, me, bro? Yes, As I always say, what you need to do, especially this week, and a lot of Muhammad Ali content is out there. Great content. The man, by the way, that man took the best photos out of any athlete to ever do it. It's insane. Oh, his his photo collection is crazy. Crazy. But please check out. No one does Ali like Ali. But the actor Billy Crystal, the legendary actor Billy Crystal, does a really good job he in does. what he what's he called "15 Rounds." Billy Crystal. Google search "15 Rounds" Billy Crystal and just watch him more or less performing Muhammad Ali for Muhammad Ali at his retirement and, ceremony. And I believe
0: there's less than a handful, about four people that are going to speak at his service, and Billy Crystal is one of them. Mm. Fantastic. He's going to do one, one of the eulogies. I guess he Muhammad Ali agreed to certain people speaking yeah. uh, for him at, at his funeral, and then certain people carrying the casket. Side note, Will Smith is going to be one of the mm. Men carrying the casket. How about that? Wow! That's crazy. How, that's, that's crazy. crazy. That Muhammad Ali said, yeah. Will Smith, I want you to carry me to my grave." It's but anyways, respect. go ahead.
1: And you know, obviously, Say people it remember you. it. Yep. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali. Right. Um, yeah. In the in the movie, so um, definitely please check that out, and also please subscribe to the show. Oh, yeah. Give us a five star yeah. review. Yes, sir. Write a review. It's really, really important for not just not really for us, for the you know the high ups, the suits out here. So we can do more R and B type content. I know, right. I know people want it. People reach out and like, hey, this is so real. This really relates to me. If you want more of this, right. we can do more with it. But this we has need to be a show. help Yo, and support.
2: Block prayer hand emojis on that one. That's you know what it. I'm talking about. Yeah. Many, yeah.
0: Like like I said last week. Shout out to Jalen Jacoby. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big inspiration what they do. Right. Something that people can watch late night, two guys talking on TV, real topics that really are bigger than just the typical sports talk. And that's what the show is. Yep. We got this, ATD. So I would ask for a beat at this moment, but let me get a little Ali. And I said, Joe's going to come out smoking, and I ain't going to be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. And this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Man, how about that? Listen, so in in my own little head, uh, I, I'm very aware of who I am and what I was able to do with what I was blessed with. So I, I don't have this inflated view of who I am. I am. I'm just a guy with average talents. I overexceeded at moments. I made some good money in this league. Um, I'm not Calvin Johnson. I'm not, you know, Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown. But I I did okay in this league. But when I approached my job as an athlete, as a football player, as a brand, as an artist, as a guy who can rap, um, all these things were pieces of a blueprint from ali now there's certain guys that can come on the show we had t on the show yeah and you know I, I i sat there and i told him man th- there was parts of you know me celebrating that i took like from, from you yeah, period I, I saw you do it and i knew how it helped you as an athlete right as this 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 thing that people wanted to invest in um but Ali, when I talk about blueprints that I take, and my father's on that list, obviously, and different athletes that I can remember over time, Ali has the biggest impact on my career because when I was young and I was a kid and I was popping in VHS tapes and my pops were sitting me down and explaining who this guy was, mm-hmm. um, I saw this black man talking about how black and proud he was. I saw this black man telling people how good he was, mm-hmm. and then going out. And, and proving it. And proving it. Yep. And then I saw this black man rhyming. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anybody knows me, obviously this show is, is pop culture, sports, hip-hop. We do everything. Right. I sit there and I spit my little bars, and I, I, I've done some songs in the past, and I record things. What people don't know is Muhammad Ali had the biggest influence on my career and who I am and how I've kind of etched out what Nate Burleson is. There was no boundaries to him. So for me, I said, all right, yeah, I can go out here and be the best wide receiver I can be within this time frame. I can also build my brand. Yeah. I can also rap. I can do whatever I want. Right. Ali did whatever he wanted to. Right. And when you look at all the athletes, I, I said this yesterday on TA, you look at all your favorite athletes, all your polarizing athletes, Floyd Mayweather, Richard Sherman, uh, even Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Cam Newton, whoever it is that you look at, and you can appreciate for what they do on the field, how much money they make, what they do on the court, what they do in the ring, whatever it is, they all have pulled these pieces from Ali's career, right? Richard Sherman, he went out there and he talked crazy.
2: Crazy. Consistently. And it was, it consistently. <laughs> and it was
0: it was a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Some people yeah. loved him, some people hated him. But guess what? He went out and proved how good he was yep. and then he got paid. Right? Which is for me Ali-esque Floyd Mayweather you either loved him or you hated him, but what everybody did is they tuned in, which yeah. made him one of the highest-paid athletes of all time. Right. If that ain't Ali, then I don't know what is.
2: Yeah. No, I'm 100% with you. Look, love him, hate him, uh, but you got to respect him. Right. And, you know, with Muhammad Ali, what's really interesting is I think what happens, especially with social media these days, you look at the outpouring of support for Ali, and very few of the individuals who you see – uh, waxing poetic about how amazing he was, had the depth of knowledge of who he was that you do. Right. Because you look to him as a role model, some a vision of what could be. Right. Uh, and it actually did shape your life. But a lot of these folks don't have any historical understanding of who Ali was. Right. And I'm one of those people who, because I didn't live through those times... I couldn't fully grasp what Ali meant to society at that moment in time, and I think it's very hard for anybody that didn't live through that period to get it, but one guy who did live through it was my my uh, adoptive father. My adoptive father is a white man from the Midwest. He grew up in Florissant in uh, in, uh, in Missouri, uh, where they had a lot of the racial unrest right. the issues there. Right. Uh, he then went on to wrestle and at Wisconsin. still do. Yeah. And he went on to wrestle at Wisconsin. He said, look, uh, when I, Ali came into my consciousness, was around 63. I was a senior in high school. And, man, did I hate that guy. Like, he was so brash, and we'd never seen anything Ali like him. Ali
0: was around 20 years old at that time. I believe right? so. Yep, yep, I believe so. 2021, yep, Right.
2: And my dad is pretty good with this kind of stuff. He's kind of a historian. So, anyway, the point is, he went through this story, and it was really incredible. Uh, he he tells incredible stories, but uh, most of these days, he wants to know what's going on in my life. I asked him to tell me a little bit of Ali. And for 35 minutes, man, he went on the entire – arc of Ali's career and how from the beginning of that career, he was someone that my dad just could not resonate with. My dad is very conservative. He doesn't like people that uh, toot their own horn, you know, right. right? He's against all of that. But he also was a man who had never been uh, exposed to African-American culture Mm any inner city culture, country culture, like any of those things. He only knew what he knew. Right. Right. He said over the arc of Ali's career, by the end of it, he absolutely adored the man for everything that he meant to society in a social sense. Here was a guy who not only was willing to speak up, on issues that mattered right. to people, really, really mattered, civil rights issues. Right. Mind you, if it's sixty three, the Civil Rights Act passed, wasn't passed until 64. Mm. So in reality, under the law, these people these folks that were speaking out against these things, the Black Panthers, whoever it would may maybe, uh, right. John Carlos, all those guys. Right. They're fighting for something that's real and tangible. It's just you had disagreements about methods, right? And now those but for my dad to take a step back and say, he was the most incredible athlete From a social and athletic standpoint that I've ever seen in my life at 72 years old as a guy who uh, competed at a very high level in wrestling and other sports, that meant something to me. And I think that that will be the lasting mark that Ali left on our society that will stick with me was that he was a man who, aside from his incredible athletic exploits, really affected society and he pushed social change forward. And that's something that I think we have to revere. You said it best, not just athletically, but – outside of the sport.
0: TD, what you got, man?
1: Listen, both you guys and your dads both came up. And the same is true for me. I'm obviously a lot younger than you guys. And growing up, I didn't have the best relationships with my father. But remembering Ali these last few days reminded me of memories of my dad I, I didn't even know I had. Wow. So because I just remember him and he would he would try to mimic Ali's movements. Kind of, like, you know, especially telling me I'm a young gun and I missed out on seeing Ali in his prime. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, just kind of like yeah. right jab, a couple of jabs here and there. And it's almost funny. Like, it seems as a lot of young guys, there's that relationship. Your dad telling you Muhammad Ali right. and those now, like I said, I didn't even know I had those memories. And now those are memories I'll never forget yeah. because of Muhammad Ali. Right. So I wrote a little post about that and I just. Thank you to Muhammad Ali for that Because like I said I don't have a ton of Memories of my dad growing up So that's really Definitely one of them But overall too What I really liked About Muhammad Ali What really stood out Was kind of like how Pro Bowls, or you see there's a Pro Bowls or NBA All-Star Games or Team USA Basketball, when the cream of the crop, when the top of the top all come together, you see which quarterback gets a start, which quarterback is the main guy of the top quarterbacks. You have your Pagans out there, your Rodgers, your Bradys. You're trying to see who rises to the top. St. Louis Hoops and point guards, your Chris Pauls, your Westbrooks. You're trying to see who's that guy who's going to lead everyone. Obviously, Steph Curry. Muhammad Ali was that. Before all black entertainers, right? He was the guy when everyone came together, like Drake said, they want to be like us, and we want to be like them. Right. Muhammad Ali didn't want to be like anybody else. Everybody wanted to be like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, right. Everybody.
0: He was. He was the standard man. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. When, When we talk about NBA which I'm a huge NBA fan, and, and obviously T.D. is too. You got to check out T.D.'s podcast. If Make, it take it, it. Podcast, Make it, take it out. the podcast. Check it out. It's a dope podcast. But when we talk about the best players of all time, we always stack them up against Jordan. Yeah, It's it's just what we do because Jordan was the greatest. When you talk about boxing, you talk about Floyd Mayweather being undefeated at 49-0, and 0, is he as good as Ali? When you talk about how great Tyson was, just an absolute dog in the mm-hmm. ring, we say – Hey, you think Ali could beat right uh, Tyson or Tyson? Standard Ali. bear. He is the standard. He yeah. is that. And, and you know, I we were talking about this on TA yesterday, and you know, with TV, we only have a certain amount of time, so I couldn't really get into really what I wanted to say. But I'm glad I, I have my podcast to say this little tidbit, along with his athletic achievements, along with um, him being the standard, along with. Him breaking down these barriers, like you said, Ren, right. um one thing I can appreciate about Ali, which people didn't do now, and they don't necessarily – people didn't do then, but they don't necessarily do now, is that he never hid from his flaws or right. his issues or his downtimes. Yeah. And there were plenty. If you know Ali's story, he had moments where he was broke. He had mm. moments where he was embarrassed. He had moments where he was battling mainstream ideology and what he believed in. Moments where physically he had ailments. Um, what comes to mind is him holding the torch at the Olympics and him shaking. Yeah. Um, he didn't hide from any of that. Nowadays, when athletes, celebrities, people in general have flaws, they hide. Because we don't want the world to judge us. We don't want the world to see us. Ali never did that. I mean, he was very open, and and if you really think about that, that is one of the most inspiring things about Ali because, you know, we're prideful, men and women, and we always feel judged. So we always feel the need to show everybody the best part of us. Right. Ali showed us the best part. He showed us the worst part of him, which made us love him, which made us become extremely familiar with him. And, and that, that was motivating. I was thinking about that over the last 24 hours because I wanted to say it on TV. And then I thought, well, how about you just don't say it and then live it? Because, right. you know, if there's something about you that people might not understand, don't hide it. Just explain it. 100%. And, and
2: own it. And 100%. Owned everything. I couldn't agree with that more. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, the one lesson I've learned in my short time in uh, the journalism space or the reporting space is the best thing you can be is authentic. Yeah, it, right. And Marshawn Lynch said something about it today uh, in an article that was released. It's 60 Minutes interviews, experts, uh, excerpts released. And he basically said the same thing. Like, why would you want to be anything else? If you tell one lie, you've got to tell another lie in a steamrolls before right. you're caught up behind a whole pile of lies. Uh, Ali was himself from the moment that we he came into our consciousness until the moment that he left this earth. And one of the beautiful things about Ali uh, and guys like him, and there haven't been many. Right. But guys like him are uh, the beauty in his passing is overwhelming because his legacy is rehashed people from generations that missed him, like your pop said, go right. back and study him. Right. And he inspires a whole new generation right. of folks who are going to go out there and push the boundaries forward. And to me, uh, that is the mark of a man who lived a fantastic, fantastic life. Fantastic life. life. You're yeah. right about that, man. All
0: right, so let's uh, let's move it on, man. Shout out to Muhammad Ali. Rest in peace. Um, latest NFL news. Akeed Talib, he suffered minor gunshot to the leg uh, This was in Dallas At a club mm-hmm. Around 2am uh, I just saw a video Yesterday on TMZ Where There was one guy Recording And he had a southern draw So obviously He was like Man it's about to pop off Or something <laughs> like that And then you see like In the distance You see a group of men Just kind of doing A little talk and Shoving I don't want to make light Of this Because you know You don't make light Of anybody getting shot And then you hear Four shots right, right. Bah, 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 bah. And I'm like Whoa It just got real he, the guy holding the camera, he ducks. He, I think he's in his car. And that's where we are left. So, Rand, you being our main man when it comes to the inside of what's going on, what have you heard on the latest in this incident?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I have not – this is an interesting scenario. You know, when it comes to, to gun violence or gun mishaps or whatever the case may be, you know, it's a scary element of society. and it, And it's not just with football players. But, and this is something that right. you know, I'm sure that you're quite familiar with. Like there are elements though of the life that people in the public uh, sphere lead that your average layperson wouldn't understand. Why does a guy feel the need to have a gun on him in the first place? These are questions that get asked consistently, right? Right. And my answer is always, well, you never know what another man's going through. So I try not to judge if it's legal in society, right, uh, then, you know, allow folks to make their own decisions right. and uh, for better, for worse, you know, th- th- that's uh, that's how I think we should allow, you know. The majority of society live in, in a number of realms. <clears throat> I haven't heard anything that would lead me to believe that the situation with uh, Talib is something that he uh, provoked w- provoked, or would necessarily get in trouble with. That being said, we don't really have full information, right? right? There are problems with some inconsistent statements. From what I've been able to read, what he told the uh, cops, the statement that he gave in the hospital was that he didn't remember uh you know what had occurred uh, that maybe he was a little bit too intoxicated to have remembered what occurred uh but the reality is uh is that—is that is, that is that an assumption or is that or is that fact I saw it reported that he was intoxicated ma- no 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 that he had made that comment to the authorities or or I don't mean to cut you off no, but good. is is that
0: also the g code for anybody listening the g code the street code is you know uh, let's just keep it real this is what we do td I'm, I'm sorry but you don't snitch, right? And I know people listening are like, "Oh, it's corny. People don't snitch." But when you're familiar with the streets, I'm not saying from the streets, you don't snitch in any circumstance, even if you are a victim. So I'm just saying it could be one of the. It could be that he didn't remember. It could right. be that he literally has no idea. It could be that he was drinking. It could also be he's like, you know what? I'm not gonna snitch on anybody because I don't want to put anybody in a situation that could put them in jail yeah if, if the shooting was accidental
2: it could have been any number of things i mean right. within the realm of possibilities it could also be that he actually did not remember right, right. at that right. moment exactly. in time and he exactly. became familiar right. with what occurred through folks telling him or whatever we don't know right all that we know is here was a situation that could have gotten a lot scarier than it did right. thankfully it was a superficial wound sounds like he's gonna be back in time to play for the season at this juncture and from a from a punishment standpoint because that's the first thing that pops into mind right right especially talib's had some some incidents in the past where he's had some close calls. Um, we don't have any information as yet that would indicate that he's going to face any kind of sanction for this. But I think that's the thing to keep an eye on, right? Is right. what is uncovered in the investigation right now. The NFL is actively looking at the situation. Right. I don't think this been framed as an investigation, but right. Certainly, anytime one of their their players, especially one as prominent to him as him, suffers from a gunshot wound of any right. kind, they want to know how it happened.
0: Right. So, I, you know this on our podcast we don't call out anybody that's not what we do but when I hear something I have to address it so I was listening to another network that I won't necessarily promote but obviously with the name I'll say you can figure it out so Skip Bayless was like well you know he's in his 30s and he's at the club I don't understand you're at the prime of your career why don't you wait to go to the club when you're done playing you know you got money and you got this and you shouldn't be in the club skip let me say this Um, it doesn't matter if you're white or black it doesn't matter if you have money or not it doesn't matter if you're in a league or you work at Burger King if you want to go out and enjoy yourself whether you're with your boys or whether you're with your wife whether you're with your girlfriend you should be able to do that the issue isn't why is he in the club the issue like Rand said is why do we have gun violence at 2 in the morning where people are trying to enjoy you know, good drinks and music with the people that they love. So right. that's, that's, I, I had to get that off my chest because, you know, you, you have this platform, you say, well, these guys shouldn't be in a club. No, that's not the case. Because if you go to Vegas and celebrate something, you're going to be in a club. Like if, you, if you're celebrating life, which most of these young men who have accomplished
2: more than they ever dreamed do that more often than everybody does. Well, this speaks to like, and this is a conversation we could have an entire, you know, podcast on, but these are, and we've talked about this a lot, it's, cultural ignorance right. right and i'm not talking about cultural from an ethnic standpoint it's not just black folks that go to the club right 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 I'm 33 right you can definitely catch me out in the city right if you can get in the spots i'm at <laughs> Ooh, oh. I, <laughs> right hey, hashtag la night but, there, okay. but there's a reason for that and that's because i want to be in places that are safe right that are classy right where we can also have a hell of a time right and we do Right. You and you Oh feel- I, Hey,
0: Rand, I've seen you. <laughs> with,
2: uh, with fresh with the fresh Adidas on.
0: Like outfit, fly. With gotta, the, with, with, hey, you do. You do. You Got to enjoy it. it. Gotta it. it. Gotta all right. So let, let, we'll, we'll, we'll take a, a little bit of time because I, anytime I can tell a story, I like to tell a story. TD likes when I tell a story. So we'll um, take this moment right now to do a hashtag campfire football where we all gather around the campfire kids. Nate is going to tell you a story that relates to. <laughs> This latest news about Akeem Taleb getting shot. So, a few years ago, I'm in Michigan playing for the Detroit Lions. And I'm with a group of guys that will remain nameless. I'm out G-code. at a location, G-code. I'm <laughs> out at a location that will remain nameless. So, I'm with guys that I play with, and I'm also with guys that are from Detroit. Right. right. Not I don't roll around with a group of guys that are paid to be my security. These are just my homeboys from the city. Now, my homeboys from the city of Detroit, these are real dudes. Right. Like, these are guys that might not necessarily have a job. These are guys that they might be rappers. They might do this, do that, but these are good men. So, we're out chilling, having a good time. A young player who just signed to the team, a little bit intoxicated, lightweight, full of himself, starts acting up. hmm and he's being disrespectful to the people that are at the location, people that are servicing us, the waiters. And I'm trying to be the big brother, which I always am. So I'm, I'm trying to come down like, yo, chill, get some water. Let's relax. He walks up to one of my guys and he grabs his chain. And swings it around his neck like in the usher video. He swings it around his neck, kind of like like that man. Like that's. Weird. I
1: gotta jump in. Back in the day, I had a, I had a chain with an S in it because my last name is Saint Matthew Daniel. So I had a chain with an <laughs> S in it that I used to spin around back in the day. <laughs> that you got in bad days. I, I need that picture because I know that's somewhere.
0: Um, so he he does it. So my man comes up to me like, "Yo, Nate, um, your your boy is tripping." Right. So I'm like, "Who?" I'm I'm like, "Yo, who?" He's like one of you guys is tripping he's disrespecting everybody in here and he's also taking a step further and he walked to me grabbed my chain swung it around my neck made a comment and walked off and I'm like yo this isn't a good thing right so th- i will never forget this he said you guys should get out of here because if he does that to somebody that doesn't know who you guys are right it could end real bad yep i he said i had to pull my guy, off of him because he wanted to harm of course. your teammate. Yep. And then he stopped, he paused. After I was already figuring the situation out, kind of getting everybody to the exits, he grabbed me. He said, this sounds really intense, but it, it was at the moment. He said, um, the difference between my shooters and the police is they don't have to report to anybody. Right. So if – your man is being extremely disrespectful. He can easily be shot out here in Michigan. Right. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Right. It's time to go. So I I, I rallied all the troops, and obviously my man wasn't going to let any shooting go off, but he was basically saying, like, you should really be careful with the company you keep. Of course. Because say he takes it a step further, gets in a fight, shots bust off, and all of a sudden I'm there – News comes out, it's Nate Burleson bad. shot at midnight. Yep. The assumption is Nate was in a place right. he wasn't supposed to be and he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. Right. It could be that I was at a restaurant and one of my teammates was acting up and somebody that doesn't care about the value of life started shooting. Right. So um, that was one of those kind of like wow moments. And I love Michigan. I love it to death. And I still do. That moment didn't scare me at all. But it, it, it also eye opener. It, it, it allowed me to realize that it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always be touched in a situation that might not be your own
2: doing. Yeah. Well, DJ Quick had a song back in the day uh, where the notion was, you know, it doesn't matter where you go. He went on the road. He grew up in Compton. He went on the road and he was like, yo, Denver is just like Compton. Right. Right. Different places around Albuquerque can be just like Compton. It just depends if you find that element, right? And so we deal with this all the time you know i've got friends who work on the basketball side uh, on the marketing capacity and those guys a lot of the basketball players like to go to the spots where you know bad things may occur and i'll get invites hey you want to go to this whatever day thing with me or whatever and my answer is always like no thank you i'm good right um because it's not that you can't have a great time you can it's that the risk to me the potential risk far outweighs the reward of the good time you can have especially when you can go to a spot for instance when I go out in the city, I'll go to Hyde on Sunset a lot. Why? It's extremely exclusive. Uh, I know folks up there very well. Right. Uh, they know how to ensure that you've got you know uh, all of the safety measures that you need and right. the right kind of crowd, so we don't have to deal with any nonsense in that regard. And that's not the only spot, but it is a place that I've been you know a number of times without incident. If right. you go to a place two, three times, uh, or into a certain type of area around a certain type of element, and there's problems that are potentially life threatening and any kind of gun violence is right those are places that i think for talib or any other human being like you really got to work hard to avoid those situations just because you've got so much at stake not just your money your life, right. right? And you just don't want to be around that stuff. So I think, I hope for him, you know, this was one of those things where, uh, thankfully, it's not a serious injury, but he does get to the point where we don't have another conversation about Ty live in the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: Exactly, man. It, it, it's crazy, man. I'll tell a quick story before we move on because I want to hear about what's going on in the league. I remember being out in Michigan a separate time. And this guy walked up to me. He's like, "Yo, Nate, what's up? How you doing?" I'm like, "I'm good, man. I'm chilling, man. I was at a club. Me and my teammates." He was like, "Hey, you let me know if you need anything." I'm like, "No, I'm good." He's like, "You know, people be tripping out here. We got you covered." I said, "Man, I'm I'm not really confrontational. I'm good." He was like, "No, no, I'm just saying. If anything pops off, we got you." I'm like, "We? Like, what are you talking about?" He's like, "Me and my mans, we're good. They say you can't get guns in here, but we're good." He looks over. There's a dude by the door. He's not security. He doesn't work there. He nods to him. The guy nods back lifts up his shirt, got the burner on him. He wow. got a gun on him. And he's just basically saying, like, I'm your hood security. If anything pops off, I got shooters in here. Right. So I was like, yo, respect. I appreciate that. Walked to my crew and said, this isn't go. a place we <laughs> need to be. We got to go ace Right? right. You, you make that decision. So, right. Um, you know, you always got, like you said, you have to digest the information that you receive in a certain situation and then make your decision based off that. So uh, – like we said, we hope that Akib is all right, and that we all learn from this. Yep. Um, but gun violence is stupid. All right, Rand, we let's agree. talk about the NFL. Any yep. insights? Any potential new deals? Anything you've heard? I mean, Rand is one of the realest. Like, can we just <laughs> can we just all acknowledge the fact that he gave us the breaking news on Brock Osweiler? And like. <laughs> That kind of shook up the world, like Muhammad Ali. I shook up the world, and and I remember seeing Rand, and Rand was so swaggy that day. I said, "Oh my God, look at my guy!" Yeah, ESPN outlets breaking news. Everybody Uh. was lightweight hating like they was breaking it. I'm like, "Yo, my man is doing it." And you know, me and Rand, we talk off camera, off mic, and I don't think people really appreciate the amount of effort. that you put in and not just people think you oh, your inside, you're just digging. Nah, it's established relationships 100%. that you have built in the past that allow you to get information that nobody can get. So I can appreciate you, man. Cause I uh, you. breaking news, it, it's more than just breaking news. People have to understand it's work. Um, but w- what's going on in the league, bro?
2: Yeah, man. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you as always. And uh, this goes back to like what we said earlier. It's, it's a, uh, <laughs> like jay said all i need is the love of my crew yeah, the whole industry sick. can hate me i thug my way through yeah, right my way and through. it's it is it's a real notion and uh you know despite the despite the, the hate there's a lot of love right. you, so i appreciate that yeah in terms of what's going on around the league um you know this is kind of contract season a lot of guys that are up for extensions those things are being discussed uh behind the scenes i tried to stay out of the to the greatest extent possible uh Team A and player B are discussing a contract extension. Like, in a lot of cases, it's kind of a no-brainer. For instance, Eric Berry. Right. You know, he and the Chiefs have been discussing extension for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Eric Berry is one of the most unique players in the NFL in terms of the contract leverage that he currently has mm-hmm. uh, and also, uh, you know, who he is as a person Right. off the field, right? And, right. and that who he is off the field factors into the – leverage that he has in a contract negotiation. Here's a guy that's coming off of defeating Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was uh, a multi-time Pro Bowl player who came back from dealing with cancer and became uh, every bit of the player he was before he left. And some would argue maybe he's even playing better. Wow. So here's a guy that had maybe his best year yet, one year after dealing with a fight for his life, quite literally. Mm. uh, And now he's got a contract situation that he's dealing with. He has been franchise tagged. So he could play under the tag this year, and what's that number? I don't know it off the top of my head, unfortunately, I'm not looking at it, but I believe it's somewhere in the uh, it's in the teams? twelve. I think it's in the twelve, 12 million 12? range okay. Now we know guys have got more than that the Reeve's got sixteen for one at the at the corner position corner the safety position, right? the safety obviously position you're gonna you're gonna attach the strong safety and right. the free safety to come up with that franchise number, I believe. Maybe they're separated anyway. Point being, it's a, it's a decent amount of money, but it's not the kind of money that a player like him Once, probably, right. well, probably get on the, on the open market. Yeah. Right? So what the teams will say is, well, he's not on the open market. Uh, so we've got to deal with this number. You can get this one-year franchise number. Right. Uh, two years, I believe, would cost $24 million or so if you tagged him twice. That's a substantial amount of money for no long-term security from the Chiefs' perspective. Right. They'd like to keep that player around for a very long time, not just because the player is on the field, but everything means needs to that community Off the field. And so behind the scenes, I think what's occurring is, you know, the two sides are working really hard to try and find um, a point at which they can both walk away happy with uh, how Eric Berry has been treated, uh, that he's going to be a chief for life, hopefully, and continue to add incredible value to that franchise in a number of realms. So that's one I really am paying very close attention to. And it's a player who, uh, you know, a lot of players, people say, well, he doesn't deserve that money or what's he complaining about. You don't know, ever hear anybody say that about Eric Berry. You're right about Deserves that. every penny that's coming his way.
0: So what's the latest with Fitzpatrick? I'm curious about it. I know people are probably sick of hearing about this situation, but what, what what's, what's the deal? Like as far as you know, the numbers that were offered and
2: where they stand right now? Well, this is another thing. I mean, in any contract negotiation, leverage is the end-all, be-all. And for Fitzpatrick, the- it seems like they both have leverage. Like, as
0: a team, they they say, well, y- your market isn't high because nobody else is coming after you. But Fitz is—he has leverage because when you look at the roster, I I believe he's the best choice, and obviously he does too. And his agents saying the same thing. As a team, are you going to go with Geno? Are um, are you going to go with? What's the young – I forgot his name. They got the kid, uh,
2: Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty.
0: So I think they both have leverage. So
2: are they just at a standstill? The Jets are betting that they have more leverage because uh, Fitzpatrick doesn't, as far as we can tell, have any other suitors that are willing to pay him starter money. Otherwise, he would have signed a deal. Right. So from Fitzpatrick's standpoint, one thing you can do is you can sit around and wait through these camps and see if, God forbid, anybody gets injured. And if they do, then maybe you've established a little bit more leverage because now there is a suitor out there that's willing to pay you a tick above what the Jets are willing to pay you. But as of right now, what the Jets are saying is like, look, you can wait as long as you want. Our offer is our offer, and we're going to pay you one year, essentially, bottom-level starter money. Ah. And we want to keep you for three, and we're willing to pay you six per over the last two. Mm -hmm. So the money ends up being elite backup money. For the last two right and bottom end starter money for that first year if you're a player really hard not to feel disrespected and so <laughs> you know what and, i mean and they
0: also they also got hackenberg right
2: yes so, uh
0: second round pick that's right, right? so it, it, we'll see that that's that's interesting that's that's gonna uh be one of those storylines we have to stay tuned in all right so uh td let me get some ali and you're always talking about Muhammad. You're not the same man you were ten years ago. Well, I asked your wife, and she told me you're not the same
1: man you were two years ago.
0: Two years ago, Howard Cosell. That's two greats conversating, talking to each other, Ali and Howard Cosell. All right, so let's let's go depth chart debates. Um, we got a little bit more time in this podcast when Rand's in the building. Feel like we could take we could take this all day long, man. Um, all right, so depth chart debates uh there's there's obviously a, a train of thought that a wide receiver is one or two things he's your absolute burner that's faster than everybody that can catch or he's just a dog that can catch everything uh for me if you're talking about the best in the game you blend the two you become you know a speedster but a guy that has that dog in him mm-hmm. um l- let's take it back to when i was in high school My freshman year, I was uh, at practice, the first practice at Lindbergh High School, and I played, like, wide receiver, tight end, DN, growing up because I was tall and I was skinny. I wasn't, like, the fastest guy, Uh, so I remember being at Lindbergh, which is a public school in Renton, and – The coach was like, hey, who wants to play quarterback? And one guy raised his hand. He's like, who wants to play receiver? And a few guys raised their hand. And I was like, this is an odd way of picking your positions, right? Usually, like, look at the guys, and then they go out, and they kind of earn a position. So he says, who wants to play running back? I never played running back in my life. (laughs) But I knew, just kind of looking at the crop of young boys, that I was the most athletic guy at this small school in Renton. Um, So I raised my hand. I'm like, yeah, I want to play running back, of course. You know, I – Grew up idolizing Bray Sanders, and I touch the, the
2: ball twenty five times a game. Exactly. Yep. um
0: So we went on to have a very historic season at O and eleven. Uh We didn't score to the last, <laughs> the last <laughs> game of the season, and I didn't score a touchdown the whole year. All I did was I we all sweep right, sweep left. Like our playbook was terrible. Yeah. And I would just do spin move, spin move, get hit, spin move, spin move, get hit. <laughs> and um, I, I remember thinking after that year, like. You know what? I'm just not cut out to be a running back. my <laughs> thing. <laughs> I was getting banged. Hey, TD, I was getting rocked. And I remember, so then I I, I I, transferred into O'Day, which is a private school. My brother had just transferred. And I wasn't a athlete that was scholarshiped. I was just a guy that was going there. My mom and dad were paying for me and my brother to go school there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go back to playing my receiver. We were a running team. And uh, I ended up having – seven TDs off of 14 catches my senior year. I mean, we literally never threw the ball. And I got recruited um, out of high school to run track, to run hurdles, um, to play basketball, to play cornerback, and to play wide receiver. So I had options. I thought to myself, this is exactly what I thought. I don't want to go and play point guard for four years because I don't like the pressure of having everybody depend on me as the quarterback of the court. Right. Because – our high school, rest in peace, um, Coach Lumpkin, was pass, 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 shoot, pass, 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 shoot, and all the pressure was on me as a point guard. Loved it. It made me an All-State point guard. It offered me scholarships, but I was like, man, if it was this intense in high school, right. imagine what it's going to be like in college. right? So that was off. I didn't want to run track because I hate running. That's very simple. So that was off. <laughs> Yeah, and I was a hurdle champion. I, I, I won the low hurdles in the state of Washington my senior. So then it came down to me playing cornerback or wide receiver. And I thought to myself, cornerbacks don't touch the ball that often.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wide receivers get the occasional catch, but when they catch it and they score, everybody looks at him. Right. So me being this kid who was completely full of himself, said, "All right, I'm gonna go in my room." I'm going to count the most letters that I have from one school and that's where I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, that's not necessarily how you pick your school. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, I don't know what else to do. So I went in and I just like counted them off and university, of Nevada Reno sent me the most letters. So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna go there on a visit. Mm -hmm. I had university of Washington on deck. I had Washington state on deck. I had some small schools for track. I had Clemson for basketball. Um, And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to Nevada Reno. The coach came and he sat in my living room. He said, how many catches did you have your senior year? So I had 14, sir. He said, "Uh, we'll get you that in one game. At this time, they were throwing that rock around. Your eyes lit up. I said, what? Yeah. And, you know, at the time I was naive and I thought, man, this could happen. Like, this is crazy. Then I got to college. I'm like, man, really? Am I going to catch that many in one game? Right. My junior year, when I had the best season of my life, I had 138 catches. We were playing. Uh, I, I, oh, I can't. It, was, it was a team in the WAC conference, and I had 19 catches. That's crazy. So it, their promises came true. Yeah. So that was my decision on being a wide receiver in college because I didn't have to have all the pressure on my shoulders, but I could go out and make plays. Yeah. You know, at my own, on doing. Um, yeah. Rand, let me ask you: In your opinion, who is the best receiver in the game, and we talked about this before the show. It's this
2: decision is harder Sweet. now. Oh man,
0: than it was five years ago, or ten years ago, or fifteen yeah. years ago.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I mean, especially as the game gets more spread out, and the and the Rockets pass around a lot, a lot more. A, a lot more right? A, You're looking at so many guys. Like that's the first guy that pops so in mind when you say who is the best receiver in the game, the first guy that pops into my mind, and I'm not saying that this is the guy, but Dez Bryant. Immediately, I'm like Dez at a hundred percent is a beast a but master. that being said what I look at when I look at this is not necessarily who's the best but who's the most fun to watch mm-hmm. and there's some young guys that I really really am having a good time watching DeAndre Hopkins chief among them the way that dude Oof. plays the game I mean literally and Brock Osweiler said this the other day he said look with uh with Nuke, anything you throw in his direction I don't think he there's such thing as an uncatchable ball yeah. for him and then you watch his highlights. His highlight. hands are huge it's bro. insane and he's so smooth and and this isn't a guy that like jumps off uh the tape to you as an absolute burner he's not the quickest guy he's not the fastest guy he's certainly not the strongest guy but he consistently makes these highlight reel catches and that's a lot of fun another guy who i don't think it's credit he deserves who's a ton of fun to watch is Jarvis Landry. Ooh. He's so much fun to watch. and Another guy that just catches everything that comes his way. So those are two players I have a lot of fun watching. I think DeAndre Hopkins can certainly be in the discussion as a top-five receiver. Jarvis isn't quite there yet. Top-ten, though. Uh, but he's certainly right. in the discussion for elite receivers in the game.
0: I, In my opinion, I love Antonio Brown. Yeah, he's so much I, fun he's, to he's watch. He's my guy. He's the best receiver in the league. But like you said, he's not the tallest, fastest, strongest. But he's such a good playmaker, and he gets double and triple teamed, and just continues to get open. People really don't appreciate how good of a route runner he is. But he's one of the best in the game. You His gotta, feet are crazy. Feet are crazy. You got to yeah. mention Julio. Got gotcha. Julio is a monster. Right. And then there's AJ, and then there's OBJ. Like there's so many guys. That's insane. Like you can't really say there's one. Guy, like when Randy well, oh, was playing, we can like, guys. We're gonna
1: have to. We're running out of time <laughs> right, here. Let's do this real quick. I'll say, Nate, I'll say, Antonio, give us your top three. Rand, give us your top three. Nate, right. you go.
0: I'm going uh, right now, Antonio's number one. Oh man, this is tough. Dez, healthy, is my number two. Um, number
2: three, I, I gotta go Julio. All right. Rand, what you got? TD, I got to lawyer my way out of this one, bro. Insider, I can't take positions that are <laughs> hard lines. So I'll, just say, I'll just say it's difficult to argue that those are three of the best receivers in the game. And then I would add in, like I said, uh, if you look at Dez, if you look at DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this is
1: crazy to me, guys. We've been God. talking about this for five minutes and Odell Beckham has not come up.
2: He's, he, came here's up the thing. he came up once. I o- said Odell, Odell is a great receiver. But if you're telling me that you would uh, – Ten times out of ten, choose Odell uh, after Dez. We'll probably just have to agree to have a fundamental disagreement. If, 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 if you're, I mean, I'm sorry, before Dez, Fran's
1: you know? getting all lawyer on us right now, all legal on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man I, what's up? Odell oh, makes oh, those right, plays. Wait, wait, wait. He's, he's, he's great.
0: great. You can't sit there and put the pressure on us. Dog. Give me your, give me your. If you know, I had to go like top that.
1: three, Antonio Brown's the number one man. That dude's a splash, yeah. reel waiting to happen. He's like the Steph Curry of the uh, of the NFL. I I'll go Odell number two, man. What that guy has been able to do his first two seasons, game after game, a, put up those numbers and still a, get better. He's a jitterbug athlete, makes crazy plays. And number three, ooh, I, I almost agree with you though. A healthy Dez is a monster. He's uh he's a force to reckon, to be reckoned with. So yeah, that would be my that would be my three.
0: I can dig it, man. That's what's up, man. All right, well, TD, I know you got a soundbite. Let's go ahead and do this right. Give me some Ali. I'll never fight another fella tough as Doug Jones, not even that big ugly
1: bear Sonny Liston. Is he your next fight? Well, after I annihilate this Henry Coop, I want that bear. And
2: what's gonna I happen to him? I want him bad. What's gonna happen to he him? He
1: might be great, but he'll fall in eight. I'm the prettiest fight in the ring today. That's my label.
0: <laughs> the realest man. All right, so or not?
1: Nah. Yep. Time for or not, nah, where I ask you guys a question and you tell me whether you're <laughs> with it or not. Nah. <laughs> So this week's topic is, <laughs> I know you guys saw the, the Warriors up 2-0. <laughs> Let me get through it. The I'm Warriors up bro. 2 against the Cavs. It's been so dominant that... The storylines really have been, you know, Steph celebrating on the bench. Iggy <laughs> was talking to, to a woman on the bench. Neymar, the I soccer saw, player. I saw Iggy. Neymar, the soccer player, was kicking him with the Warriors after the game. Bro. And then also in the fourth quarter, the third quarter of the game, doing a blowout, there was this Instagram model, as the kids like to say, IG model, that was looking at Steph Curry, once again, like the kids say, willing to risk it all. And that was, <laughs> that, that was caught on Twitter. That was caught on Instagram. And uh, – a lot of people have fun with that where, hey, people said, please pray for Steph Curry, man, because he's a target right now. And uh, <laughs> so, again, should we pray for Steph Curry? Do we need to pray for Steph Curry or not?
2: I, I say, yeah. Absolutely, I yo. Did you see the way she was looking at him? You got to pray. Listen, man. Uh, where was Aisha? She I had to be scoping she, from the man, side. She had to, she had to have something. Oh, my goodness. It, hey, it,
0: it's real out here. I got this post. I'm going to just read it. No, no disrespect <laughs> to this young woman. I don't know her. And I'm not saying that she is a thought or anything like that, but people are clever online. So they got the picture and they put it up and she is looking as seductive as ever. And then the 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 quote is, When you've gotten past all the thoughts on IG, now you must battle the final boss <laughs> <laughs> The final boss.
1: Yo. That's a great one. That so, is um, a good one. Another is, one was, hey, let's stop the game right now. And have Aisha play play the IG model one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Lord. Play, play for his love. Like that love in Listen, Crazy. Man, I love basketball. Crazy. I'm going to just say this, bro. Like, it's real in the field. Like, it, it gets well, Especially real. for
2: hoopers, though. See, at least in football, there's some distance between you and the sidelines, right? right? You guys are behind face masks. For basketball players, as you see. They're right there. Here's the end of the bench, and here's – old girl that he was chopping it up with, whoever the player was at the Ig- end of
0: the Ig- Iggy, he was <laughs> just like having a casual
2: conversation. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. which is crazy. crazy, which is crazy. But it was funny, though, because, you know, she came out afterwards and said, look, I was just trying to have a sip of my drink and uh, and just provide, you know, the Warriors with a little motivation. So, of course, her <laughs> IG account well, became this thing that folks started publicizing and whatnot. And, you know, it's clear that she is uh, She's quite effective getting energy, or, I mean, yeah. attention. You know, she, she <laughs> yeah. to get folks' attention. So, But, look. Yes, pray for that man because oh, you, <laughs> <for> that man. <laughs> you think about that. You're dealing with that all times. He probably did not notice her then, but middle of the regular season, I bet you notice a lot more oh, out yeah. there in the stands. Oh yeah,
0: he's super focused, man. Like, yeah, that's hey, crazy. That's crazy, man. Listen, uh, th- that right there is uh, is the prime example <laughs> of how real it gets. And
2: social
1: athlete. media doesn't let that stuff oh, slide at man. all. It's
0: like my boy said. Social media is undefeated, so I they defeated. will always win when it comes to any pitcher that lands in their hands. Um, that, that's Is that all the RNA and all we need? Man, That that's it, man. Listen, Rand, I appreciate you joining me. That's a fun show. We got to do it again, bro. We got to do this more often. Um, come back and tell some stories and, and, and fill us in on what's going on in the league. You already know. TD, I appreciate you dropping the Ali sound bites. Rest in peace to the GOAT. The greatest of all time. This is the R&B podcast, man. Thank you for joining us. Um, remember, tune in, subscribe, iTunes, retweet, Twitter, comment, spread the word. R and B hashtag R and D B, and let us know, man. I told you this is a show, but we want it to be an actual uh, segment on TV, and we're gonna make this a movement. It's realer than ever. Thank you for joining us. What would you like people to think about you when you've
1: gone? I'd like for them to say, he took a few cups of love. He took one tablespoon of patience, one tablespoon, teaspoon of generosity, one pint of kindness. He took one quart of laughter, one pinch of concern, and then he mixed willingness with happiness. He added lots of faith and he stirred it up well then he spread it over a span of a lifetime and he served it to each and every deserving person he met.
0: Muhammad Ali, thank you very much.